A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. Welcome to What's Your Sign. I'm Julia Loken. I'm Stevie Goldstein. I'm Lisa Chenu. And today we have a very special guest. I almost didn't recognize him out of the red robe. I got to be honest. I was hoping there was a part of me that was hoping we would get the red robe. But I understand this is also only maybe for our daily astrological check-ins. You know him from Instagram, from TikTok, from his podcast called Conscious Embodiment. It's Dr. Michael Lennox. And listen, I wear the red bathrobe in the morning because <laughs> otherwise I'd be naked. It's 5 p.m. Hey, you hey, like, why, why are you wearing the bathrobe? It's like, because it's morning. Yeah. <laughs> Called out. Love, love a robe. Love doing a TikTok in a robe, too. Um, I do feel like it brings a, 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 an intimate but also elegant yeah. vibe. And yeah. I'm here yeah. for it. Beautiful. We're Thank so you happy so to have you. Yay. 
Yes, my my the algorithm. I'm glad the algorithm brought you into my life because your daily red robe alerts really are just a great start to my morning. And oh, I just beautiful. like appreciate the work you did. And I should say too, because I've definitely referenced you a few times, mm. probably more than a few times on our podcast, where I'll be like, Doctor Michael Lennox said oh, this, or like a reference. You're my you're my Rolodex of reference folks who I <laughs> like to follow, but. I was doing new moon manifestations last year and I wrote like about finding my voice. And then I took your, I got oh. an email from you. I was like, finding your voice workshop. And I was like, well, that's too. A little too simple. synchronistic there to ignore. <laughs> yeah. I love so that. I got, I got the pleasure of taking that. So got familiar oh, with you and great. been a fan from afar. So thanks for coming in into our space. <laughs> well, I got to tell you something. I, I just had a sense in, in anticipation of this, that this was going to be fun. <laughs> and I was <laughs> excited to come on just because I had this sense. Um, oh, this is going to be fun, right? <laughs> oh, yes. we'll make it fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we, we we're the bad girls of astrology. Some might say, <laughs> you know, we, we learn a lot through conversation and through wow. our own feelings of you know, like, I think it was last, was it last year when Jupiter was in Pisces, when everyone's like, it's going to be so good. And we're like, this is a weird <laughs> hell. Anyone else? At, like, maybe too much Pisces energy, uh, dare we can say. So I think having that space to just share what's actually what's going actually on going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Versus I, like, of course, that sounds good on paper. But how is it playing out? You know, one of the things that happens out there in the world of astrology and astrologers looking to put things out there to just get notice and to spread their message. And, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, social media is like a fishing game. You throw some worms out there and catch clients. And what will happen is people will grab an idea that's happening astrologically and say, this is what I'll talk about. But in a vacuum, you're missing everything else that's happening that either shifts it or mitigates it or adds a different, you know, a different perspective. And one of the things I get told a lot in, in my DMs is like, you're so accurate. And it's like, yeah, because I'm talking about everything, not just the one thing that got my attention. So it's like if some beautiful trine is happening in Jupiter and Mars or whatever trining, and it's a great day for expanding your gifts and your work, but some other square is harshing our buzz, but you're not talking about that. You got to put it all together. You can't just grab and cherry pick the thing that you're interested in, like how wonderful it is to have Jupiter and Pisces, because there were other things. I think too, time. like in in concert with that, I think there is a little bit of fear in you don't want to fear monger. You don't want to tell people like something bad is coming, like everyone <laughs> needs to, you know, but so it's having that balance of yep. being realistic and, and what how bad can bad be and those kind of things where it's like we've powered through all kinds of transits Um, saying that a square is coming up shouldn't instill fear in people you know no it really shouldn't because it's something you've done a billion times before and it just means mm -hmm. yet another moment of an obstacle that we're going to move through but you know how to do that we all know how to do that <laughs> yeah i think it's also an interesting thing to try to figure out how do you um like talk about something that is experienced but yes. also be giving kind of technical yes. language to something yes. and i think that that is something that we really try to do is like talk about things in a way that you would talk about it with your friends because also so you can have your own kind of touchstones for how a transit made you feel in your That's life. That's right. And, because and that, so then, that, you know, yes. when you hear square, you go, oh, I remember oh. when I felt that square last week, that meant this sort of thing. And right. Not that it means Perfect. the same thing every time. But but I think that that is kind of the point of astrology 
isn't to isn't to be as technical. I mean, it is. It can be as technical as you want it to be. But how do we then integrate that into something that someone knows how to like use it in their life? What does that mean for me on a day to day basis? Someone who doesn't know all of the technicals of astrology. You're you're absolutely right. The experience that we're having then informs the energy that is generating that experience. One of the things that was really interesting for me to to do when I started my podcast whenever it was, it wasn't that long ago, maybe a year and a half ago, I was so used to speaking about astrology publicly while it's happening. Mm -hmm. And that is the easiest thing I've ever done. That 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 is so natural for me to talk about energy that I'm experiencing in my own body. And because I sit with people on a daily basis, there's that information to inform what I might say and you know my own relationships and my own friendships, right? So when I'm doing a daily writing that day for the next day or in the morning doing my Red Robe Astrology video about the energy that's right there present now, it's the easiest thing ever. But the podcast is recorded a week before. Mm -hmm. I'm not in that wave yet. We've it's had, a we've whole had different. Yeah. Yeah. This is like our, our hell as well, where it's like, so we're talking about, because sometimes we have to bank, like we're yeah. three people coordinating. It's like, shit, we got to look ahead at Oh, next that's right. Week. Yeah. And then it's like, well, it's. When are not, we talking we can, about? Yeah, yeah. We can speculate of how that could feel or how it's felt in the past, but like, yeah. It's so much like if we get the chance where it's like, oh, yes, it's coming out the next day. That's like the best. That's like, the best. Right. Right. Because mm -hmm. you get to speak right from what I would in my language would be. I get to speak right from my body. Mm -hmm. My body knows everything. My body can understand it and it can explain it to my voice, which then comes out of my mouth. And that's, you know, how I'm good at describing the energy when we're in it. Very different to do that in advance <laughs> is it like you channeling know, for you are you like a, yeah. are you downloading yeah you say here's how i i experience it it's absolutely a channeling experience but i need to be very clear i'm not channeling a disembodied spirit it's not some other entity or energy that speaks through me or that i get information from there's a guide i have sort of named him teacher um, but I'm 59 years old. Like I didn't learn my inner guide vocabulary till like in the last five years. Like, so I've been doing this for years, feeling what happens when I'm asked a question. There's this enormous energy that rises up in my body. My cadence changes. I'm faster. I'm more animated with my hands when this is activated. And this happens when I'm doing a session or if I'm walking down the street and somebody pulls up and rolls down their window and says, which way is Sunset Boulevard? I get just as activated and excited to answer that question as I am when I'm asked about what's my life going to be based on my chart. Mm -hmm. So this, in fact, when I'm doing sessions, I've sort of taken to wearing an, a uniform. I wear t-shirts, colored t-shirts, because I have to change them four times a day. I'm so physically activated when teachers speaking through me that I just get covered in sweat and have to, you know, change my clothes and, you know, brush my hair uh, between sessions. Um, so the experience that I have on the inside of me is, is that this is feels like knowledge that comes through me, not from me. But I, of course, have to know in my human mind all the rules about astrology. But once I'm asked the question, this other energy lights up 
and starts, you know, doing the talking. And sometimes I'll be sitting in the middle of a session and I'll stop speaking and someone will inevitably say, oh, don't hold back. It's like, I ain't holding back. You just stop talking. <laughs> Give me nothing to feed off of. Yeah. Right. It's just yeah. sometimes yeah. that happens. And when that happens. That's I very fire sign to me. Have you seen my fire. chart, honey? Yes, that, well, that's what I mean. Where I was like, it's very much as a as a fire person as well. I think like when when the energy is is coming and directed, there is something that feels very different and very um, I don't know, like you said, through you, not necessarily From me, disembodied. Yeah. yeah, but also is like, oh, this is like what I'm supposed to be doing right now. This is what this like feels like, and it's not all of the time. The candle isn't always lit. You know, Julia, that, that I yeah. love that because that that is what it feels like. It feels like a fire that gets lit up, and every once in a while, it just goes out, and I have to stop. Mm -hmm. And then it gets lit again in two yeah. seconds. It's not long. It doesn't go out for long. It's just my, like, we might be talking about a specific question. And then it's just like, I see a transit. There's no words coming through. I stop for a moment. And then what I'll do to get it back is I'll speak very slowly, technically. I'll mm -hmm. be like, all right, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to say Pluto, change and transformation making a square conflict ops you know i'll speak like that very rudimentarily what are the principles here and then what happens is by doing that the gas gets turned on and 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 i don't have mm -hmm. to work like that it just comes and flows yeah i wonder about um because i know you have a doctorate in psychology and i know there are specific branches of psychology i'm not obviously that familiar um that talk about where we where we feel things in the physical body and how, how yeah. we process those things. Is that something you incorporate with astrology? Is it something you've studied? Mm. Golly, you've opened up such a deep thing about humanity. And, and there, there's research about this quite in depth that the people who are successful in therapeutic interventions are people who can understand where in their body they're feeling emotional sensation. And, and people who cannot do that will not benefit from, from talk therapy. It's kind of what, why I don't do talk therapy anymore because <laughs> it's just like, it's too slow. And um, so as a psychologist approaching, working with human beings through the lens of astrology, knowing how the human sort of uh, uh, behavior works from a theoretical perspective allows me to have levels of conversation with my astrology clients that's also informed by my understanding of humanity and personality through, you know, through my psychology sort of background. Um, you know, and then of course it allows me to do other work with people in my processing classes where I'm teaching people to do shadow work and self-exploration. And then I get to bring astrology into those spaces, right? So yeah. I'm teaching a class on forgiveness right now. Every one of my forgiveness class students now knows where their Venus is placed. Mm -hmm. Because how can you teach about forgiveness without understanding how you process your emotional body? And that gives a, a, a sort of a new layer for people to consider, oh, oh, my Venus is in Scorpio. That's why I want to kill a bitch. You know, <laughs> oh, and my Venus is in Libra. That's why I'm good at forgiveness, but my self-loathing is amazing because I'm forgiving so much. Right. So mm -hmm. I the psychology and the astrology has worked really well in a number of different sort of trade-off kind of ways. Some of those always wow. been tied together for you. 
Ah, that's an interesting question. No, I mean, I didn't get my doctorate. I got my master's in like 2000 and something, right? Uh, 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 you know, my like my early 40s, I got my doctorate. Um, but I, I started studying astrology in my mid-30s. I, I got my first tarot deck at 17. I was always the person answering, you know, questions about, you know, life on the playground. I was interpreting dreams by the time I was in high school and kids would say, what a crazy dream I had. And I read Freud's interpretation of dreams and just decided I had a gift, which I do. And, you know, so I was fully activated in my sense of spiritual tools that drove both how I contextualized my life and ways that I served others before I even stepped into grad school. If anything, I, I received some flack while I was in grad school because I told my professors I had no intention of becoming a psychotherapist. And they were like, but you'd be so good at it. It's like, I'd kill myself <laughs> to do that kind of work. I had a, I had a Jungian professor who, who she even had a, a German accent. She said, oh, so you're a fortune teller. <laughs> I, I almost slapped her. Oh my god. <laughs> well, it felt like an insult. Yeah. Yes. It felt yes. like an insult. I think it was meant I, as an insult. Yeah, it, it might have been. <laughs> it might have been. So, but the point is, is that for me, even though I'm a psychologist and I, I sort of demand the moniker doctor because I earned it. Um, and and it's helpful to my business to have that information. Um, it it who I am as a spiritually oriented person was fully formed before I added the astro the psychology education in there. But that was really by design. Like what I what I was at a crisis. I was in my thirties. I just broken up with somebody. I was like I was working um, for Playboy. Oh, vice heard president. of it. <laughs> <laughs> A yeah, small I'm, little indie magazine. Yeah, little indie magazine. I've actually worked for the home entertainment side of things out here in, in Los Angeles. I was vice president of new business development, which means I took people to lunch and lied to them about that Playboy would one day do business with them. Like <laughs> I was told, we'll never do business with any of these people. You need to look like you're trying to find yeah. business. It was such a yeah. soul. But enjoy Spago, you know, like right, 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 right. <laughs> enjoy the meal and, you know, party up a little bit. Um, um, so I really felt like my soul was being eaten by this job, though it was lovely people and lots of fun as well. And I thought, okay, well, what do I want to do? Well, I know I want to speak. I'm a speaker. I'm an actor by training. I have a BFA in acting. I've been a performer my whole life. I want to talk about spiritual principles in front of people, but like, you don't just become a spiritual teacher overnight. You got to develop some cred for that. I thought, well, okay, I've worked for business week. Metro Goldwyn Mayer, Playboy, major brands. I'm getting a master's and then a doctorate in psychology. And at that time, a motivational speaker in the corporate world was a thing. Human resources mm -hmm. departments were still paying motivational type people to come into their boondoggle sales meetings. And I thought, well, I'll do that um, until I can develop enough spiritual cred to, to do you know the other. Um, and I wound up getting sidetracked by a television show on uh, dreams and dream interpretation that the Sci-Fi Network um, put into development in 2002. So in 2003, we had made 65 shows of this like strip show, talk show where I was the dream host and Annabelle Gerwich was the comedian who made fun of people. And, you know, we did this whole thing and it was canceled after three months. It was Literally like one of those things like, oh my God, I was born for this. This is my whole life has led to this. This is amazing. I'm going to be rich and famous and talk about dreams on TV. And 
then I just was nowhere. And it was, you then know, you it's woke like up. A, <laughs> right. It's like on a Friday, <laughs> I'm like on TV and a Monday, the show's canceled. The website's down. I think they barely even called me to tell me. Oh my and God. I went into this sort of dark night. In fact, in the two years after the show was canceled, I had like five or six different workshops and retreats scheduled, all of which got canceled for lack of registration. Mm. The world was saying no, no, no to me mm. every, every turn. But my yes was so clear by the two years we spent making the show. It didn't matter that the show wasn't a success. I knew who I was and what I wanted to do. And when the world was saying no, it's like, yeah, well, I'm going to keep going. And something that I thought would take two years to sort of develop a, 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 a vibrant career being of service to people with these gifts took about 10. But we got there. I got there and, um, you know, found my found my way. Um, I appreciate you sharing the L's because um, I think yeah. not enough people share their L's. And there was like, I don't know if you saw this tweet, but it was this author. It was, it was like a recent viral tweet that was like, here's my book reading at Barnes and Nobles, empty chairs and yeah. just like the saddest space ever. And then all, all of a sudden, all these authors came through on this t tweet thread with like, here's my picture of empty here's chairs. My here's picture. my picture. But like no one shared we show we share the highlights. Yeah, we share the highlights and the successes, mm -hmm. especially but in this era, which is totally where you're expected to share all those things and have this diary of, you know, your how you've come up or what have you. So um, I think it's just a good reminder that it's cool that you still got. I'm on the right path of I like this thing I'm doing yeah, yeah. and it isn't. Yeah, it's just in in due time. I did have a question about your chart that's coming yeah, up, I think, from everything sure. you've shared in terms of your background with obviously astrology and then the dreams, the dream stuff, which we'll, we'll dig into as well. Cause I mean, look, we need to get over that. Dreams aren't interesting to talk about as a cultural society. I'm pro dreams, pro weather yeah, conversations, baby. love them both. Keep it. Let's talk about that Marine layer going on. Like I'm into it, but do you do intercepted houses for yourself personally? I am intercepted. Them? I have well, an intercepted Gira mm -hmm. uh, Aquarius Leo. I'm a Leo sun, Leo Venus intercepted saturn in aquarius in the second house intercepted do you, you use placidus usually? i do use placid of course yeah us too yeah 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 I and just... I, I i think that people don't understand interceptions because if you google intercepted charts all you will see is hindered limited mm -hmm. held back energy but kids that's only for the first 40 years interceptions open up at the Uranus opposition at 42. So between 38 and 42 years old, the intercepted chart says those energies that are like, I call it cookie dough. They're cookie dough in the first 40 years. It's like yummy. It's tasty. Ain't nothing wrong with a snack made of cookie dough, but it's not cookies. The cookies <laughs> come at 38, 39, 40, 41, 42. And then the person is starting over again. It doesn't go from zero to 60. It goes from zero to 60 to 40. And then you start again. Mm -hmm. And that was exactly my experience. At 40 years old, I was in a Kundalini explosion, a dark night of the soul that was also a special, fabulous awakening post the television show. And then my entire life opened up to my Saturn in the second house, which is I value my lessons. I value teaching. I am here to learn and I want that and I offer it. And then my Leo sun and Venus, which is as extroverted as you can get. 
um, mm -hmm. needed to wait 40 years before being as visible as I'm becoming because I had a lot of softening I needed to do with all of that fire. So um, I sort of like grabbed the interception idea and ran with it is where were you going with the question? I mean, <laughs> I think you answered it though. Okay, I think, cool, cool. Well, cause I think we are in like a, um, and it's no shade to like the Hellenistic Renaissance or like whole sign houses. We, it's, it's now, I feel like rare, uh, Let's see. And it's not ah. like rarer to meet, I think, in terms of thinking in Placidus. And um, actually, like I was looking at the wrong space of your chart at first, but I'm glad you pointed out your second date. I was maybe looking even more at your 12th and 6th houses, which is not intercepted. It's just so taken with that Gemini Sagittarius um, energy looking there. Because, so yeah, because I, because I have of double the, rulership. Of the double, because of, double of the interception. From the so actually you took me to the right space and now I'm like back to where I was actually looking at, which was, I'm just yeah. thinking of in terms of astrology with dreams, like, do you have a spot that you channel it? Like, is this a 12th house thing? Is this a planetary thing? Like, I'm curious if you equate huh. the dream to astrology language and where we might even find dreams in a chart. Well, first of all, we always want to go to the ruler of dreams, which is Neptune. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'll throw this in there as a side note. I, the show failed in 2003, 203. And so there was not a lot of movement for me in my professional world in those first few years. But once I started doing workshops and pro programs, um, they were what they were. Okay. I'll just say that. And then when Neptune, the ruler of dreams moved into his home ruling sign of Pisces in 2011, almost instantaneously, I got booked, I was busy, I was doing workshops and classes, and more importantly, the questions I was being asked by dreamers went from like grade school to grad school. Suddenly <laughs> I was being asked really interesting, deeper questions, and the world was ready to dive in to the dream world in earnest and other spiritual sort of topics and areas when when uh, Neptune moved into Pisces. So when I look at my chart, <clears throat> I notice that I've got Neptune in the 11th house in Scorpio retrograde. So that means I've got my sort of access to my spiritual wisdom is a public experience that I share at the community level. So when I think about my childhood on the playground, when I was the person that everybody came up to to talk about their problems or to solve challenges that were happening in the sort of grade school community, or even just being in high school and interpreting dreams for people, I see that Neptune in the, in the 11th house leads that I am to do that and to be that. And then if you look at my chart, you can see that my Neptune then trines my Chiron in Pisces in the third house. Now I could talk all about the wounding from my daddy and the tone of voice challenges from him and that that I then learned, I had to unlearn my tone of voice uh, through healing wounds. But now think about the idea of third house of communication, Pisces as the connection to the all. And then the wounded healer isn't just about Chiron says where our wounds are going to be worked on. Chiron is also something that lives in all of us. Our inner shaman is Chiron. I happen to have that placed in a house that allows me to speak wisdom about and through those things that I'm learning about humanity. And then North Node in Cancer in the seventh house says when I get past my karmic 
decades and into my dharmic expression, which I now am in, then it becomes a grand water trine that is completely antithetical to the fire and air that runs the rest of my chart. So I, I look at my chart and I see two mechanisms, one available from my first breath, fire and air moving through the world like an explosion and some joy and love and too much energy for most people. <laughs> and then I see this other sort of watery trine that was all of the wounds in the first half of my life, but became my access to letting teachers speak through me. And that when, when I'm having that experience, it feels like that grand water trine turns into a, a mojo vortex of, of wisdom coming through me. I think Chiron in, in Pisces in the third house allows me to hear dreams and be in the interpretation of them before you've even finished. Mm. Whoa. Chiron as shaman is an interesting uh just yeah, idea even that. it's something i've i haven't heard because i think chiron does get people bummed out or like well, like because he, you know what's you know it, it's like if you if you go off to peru to do some ayahuasca and you're thinking and you've never done it before and you go and you're like i'm gonna have this luminous fabulous experience and get in touch with things it's like i do you also know you're gonna feel shitty and sick <laughs> And awful when you're done and you take the pictures in the airport, you're all going to look like you've been through a storm. Um, <laughs> right. Because it's, it's, it's hard work going into the underbelly, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, well, but I think of Chiron as Shaban because that's what he was for Heracles. He didn't just get wounded and understand wounding. He knew the healing arts and herbs and he taught, everything from combat choreography to how to like heal yourself in the woods what a hottie <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like like a like a hot man right there <laughs> love it i think it's interesting um the way you're talking about the water and water trying because i think i'm in the middle of studying for a scuba course and a lot of the uh discussion about the water is to like let it take you like yes. you know let the current pull you out a yes. little bit or do these things that kind of feel you know unnatural to us we we tend to like fight against them and it doesn't help it just you know you just keep fighting against it until you drown and i think it's an interesting <laughs> metaphor for having a spirit speak to you too because it it may feel uncomfortable having a guide or anything that, you know, feels out of quote unquote norm. Um, and being able to lean into that is such a watery, like, path. I totally get what you're presenting that without that sort of guidance to sort of allow that the part of you that would feel like I got to control myself. I not got to know where the ground is and what is up. And then you're like in the water and the water says, no, we're moving here. That would be a freaky moment. Yeah. What totally. a great sort of an, an analogy for, you know, surrender and flow. 
Totally. Well, I'm thinking of it as like sensitivities, both in like an emotional yes. sense and also an ability sense and how so much of certainly Western patriarchal culture is about not being sensitive and about not, that's right, you know, not being open to those sorts of things. And so even if it's like they are gifts and they are opportunities, we are still, I think, taught to see some of those things as things to be controlled or yes. stopped or, or, to be or, or problematic. Or, if a feeling yeah. comes up, there must be a problem. Why do I feel this way? Yes. This is a weakness. This is something yeah. instead of learning how to like be in the flow with those, how to channel those, how to even use them, uh, use other people's as your own, uh, you know, work. But mm -hmm. yeah, just I, the word sensitivity was coming up for me, which is thinking of water, because I know that would be like a very literal, you read it in a book, you know, sensitive, artistic, you know, emotional, but also thinking of it as like, sup not supernatural necessarily, but uh, outside abilities too, that you are sensitive to things yes. that other people might yes. not have the same yes. sensitivity towards. I, I would I would say my sensitivity in my body just to energy itself um, is something that led me to be an astrologer that, that I, I was actually just talking about this this morning for my next podcast episode. Cause someone asked me, um, could you talk about moon sick? You, you talk about being moon sick on your podcast now. And then can you say more about it? Because she had had, uh, 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 she was flattened by the Libra, uh, full mm -hmm. moon. and, um, um, so when I was younger, I used to have a mythos about myself that sounded like this. I would say, I get sick all the time. Not true, but my body felt a certain way periodically that I called sick because it felt off from the norm or from typical. And my father was very ill physically. And so I had, you know, daddy wounds of like, oh, I'm sick because my father was sick and I inherited that. And that was just bullshit. But so what I found when I discovered astrology was there were days when the energy on my chart was enormous astrologically and I would feel moon sick or I didn't call it that then. I just felt this way that I was familiar with. And it didn't take but four or five of those moments to go, holy shit, I've been calling something that it is not. And I've been calling it something that has me feeling small and, 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 and pummeled by my body in life. And suddenly it was like, oh my God, there's a language for this. It's just moving energy. Here's a system that describes it. And then when I feel this way and I look at the planets, I suddenly was free of this mythology that I'm always sick mm -hmm. or that there's a problem. And it taught me how to be fluid with everything, not just mm -hmm. how my body felt, but a sense of movement and flow. This will pass. Mm -hmm. You know, well, well, a Virgo Mercury always thinking they're sick. I'm so, ah! so shocked by this. <laughs> Oh, feeling, feeling all the effect and worry and weight of the world. <laughs> what I would say, what is true and accurate is, is that I feel everything about my body. I'm also mm -hmm. born with mm -hmm. Uranus and Pluto in Virgo and, you know, mine mm -hmm. is in the eighth and the ninth house. So my relationship with my body is unusual in its physical experience of sensitivity to energy moving and um, man, oh man, I'm so grateful for the context for that. And then I, I have a buddy, Monique, 
uh, Ruffin, she and I speak almost every two, three days. Uh, she's also an astrologer. And we cackle a lot because it's like, if I didn't have astrology, I would think I was losing my mind at times. <laughs> because it, it just gets yeah. crazy at mm -hmm. certain times with energy, but the transits express everything. They just describe what I'm experiencing. And then it's like, oh, this is just energy. Mm -hmm. We have to move through what we move through and we're going to feel that. And if we judge it and call it certain things, then we're, we're, we're stuck to that. One of but the things I'm really interested in right now is the astrology of the physical body and um, the ancient, you know, the ancient ways that each body part is assigned to a different sign. And mm. I, I found something I'm experimenting with. And I wonder, since you're talking about feeling moon sick, having these transits affect you physically, um, something I'm experimenting with is like, you know, if I see a transit, if I, if I'm starting to feel anxiety around something, say it's like something's transiting in Capricorn, um, I'll like go for a walk or do something that, or like do back stretches, do things that feel they embody like the the physical parts of that sign um, or I'll take a yoga class and I'll like make sure to for if it's like a Gemini thing I'll make sure to do a lot of like hand and wrist stretches um, oh, wow. so I wonder if uh, you have any interest in this I know we go to the subconscious world but how about the physical body you know it's interesting I you're saying this to me here there's a there's a astrologer on TikTok that's doing a lot about medical astrology right now she's teaching about medical astrology and it's been interesting to watch her like ads for her new class cuz it's like it's an area that i have not looked at and in some ways based on this conversation i'm thinking to myself why haven't i like why haven't i explored that more one of the things that I love what you're talking about is coming through the lens of the archetype has information for you, right? So the sign that something is in and transiting through does tell you how to focus or what to focus on in order to be, you know, free of it. You're getting to add the distinctions of what rules what in the physical body. I think that's a... Um, Probably very powerful. I mean, but I don't really know a lot about it outside <laughs> the basics. Like I can follow the signs down the body of, you know, head, throat, you know, the Capricorn bones. But, you know, my my knowledge of it is not only limited in general, but what I'm now discovering is, is that there really is a whole vocabulary. That's mm -hmm. ancient that talks about the minutia of association to body parts and organs and. Yeah, I mean, I find that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, you know, sometimes I'm like, I've, I've like been focusing in yoga on my hands so much that I like miss a thing and, you know, find, get twist in an ankle or something, but, or like, you know, you're so tired afterwards, you get a paper cut and you're like, oh, I just, I was just focusing on that all day for this. That's funny. <laughs> That's well, I think it's a, we just did our revisit of just sun signs too. And I think we're hitting on like the everything of it all right layers the conscious the subconscious then yeah. the actual physical feeling body and then this whole other outer space universe that's our that's our that's our dreamland and i think something that was interesting in revisiting sun signs was even the over identifying of your sun sign can be a hint like a hindrance of just about ego and shit you know like all those things based on like the who the who of who we are so i i appreciate in your pod 
too, Dr. Michael, with the like thinking of like the sun is this kind of conscious living, right? I think it's like a good yeah, reminder yeah. of 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 what the sun we're like we're very conscious of the sun. You know, this I'm is heat back stroke to from the... this weekend, from this first sunshine from this weekend. I'm like, yep, yeah, it is actually here doing stuff out for us. <laughs> I think one of the things that opened up my sense of like my astrology brand does come this is back to Lisa, the question you asked me earlier does connect to becoming a psychologist and wanting to share astrology to people through the lens of use this to self-examine to grow to look at your healing to look at your lessons i don't talk about politics or social you know media experiences like i had a meeting with an seo guy i was like this is not going to work like seo is not like i he didn't know what I meant until he started saying, well, what you need to do is in all of your articles at like a moment like this, if you include in your articles the words Will Smith and astrology chart near because he had just slapped Chris Rock. It's like, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you do not understand who I am as an astrologer. I, I'm not like I, I don't. These days I have to start and I'm struggling with finding my sort of activist voice because I think there's some wild things going to happen in the United States of America when everybody changes signs over the next three years. Like, I just think we're in some mm -hmm. interesting trouble and I'm trying to find my way of speaking up about that. But back to the point I'm trying to make is when I established psychological parameters for what planets mean, I got better as an astrologer. So when the sun is doing anything, I talk about your conscious awareness so that I'm not talking about, or I'm not using language that would make somebody who's got sun in Aries that I'm talking about all the fucking Aries in the world. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's like, that's the problem with overemphasizing sun sign in astrology is that, you know, if Pluto's moving through a, you know, uh, Capricorn and into Aquarius, and you talk about Leo suns receiving an opposition from Pluto and Aquarius, well, that's going to happen to me in 20 years. Because mm -hmm. my son's at 29 and 30, uh, you know, uh, the, 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 yeah. the last degrees of, of, of Leo. So when I speak about sun sign, it's all, not sun sign, but sun transit, solar transits, it's conscious awareness. When it's the moon, it's about unconscious, you know, that Mercury, it's about perceptions. So I use psychological parameters to describe what a planet represents so that the person who's listening or reading what I'm offering is thinking about their psychology, not about Will Smith. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think mm -hmm. one of the really interesting things that I think astrology does for us, and you've kind of just put this into focus for me a little bit, is... Um, it allows us to operate a little bit on more of an even playing field because there are like sun cancer people that are, you know, younger than you that haven't had as much life experience, but have had this Pluto opposition that you're about to experience. Mm. And so it allows us to relate to people of all different like walks of life and all different levels of experience. Yeah. And I think that's like really powerful it's something that we forget about a lot yes i had no, that realization with someone recently where i was like oh they've been having pluto they've been having pluto conjunct everything in their chart recently and <laughs> that's like a new maybe a newer thing for them but like i've had that but you've had that for a while yeah yeah it's like, i've had that too and now i have to respect this person as someone who's also been having pluto <laughs> transits too uh, like i have a friend who's um 
29 that I have a kind of an intimate connection with. So I know a lot about like his life. I have another friend who is much older. She's actually a colleague. People might've heard of her, Colette Baron-Reed. Well, these two people have the same birthday, 30 something years apart. So they were both going through Pluto opposing their son at exactly the same time, about two years ago. And so I would do videos with Colette every month in her sort of circle and talk about like, we're, we're friends. So we talk about what's going on with her. And of course I'm talking to Ed, you know, on a regular basis. It was so interesting to see the difference between the generational shift of a, what's a 29 year old experiencing with Pluto opposing their son and what's the, you know, 60 year old person uh, mm -hmm. uh, experiencing of the exact same transit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah like it's like sh sharing rising signs too or anything where it's like yeah like I or well, I know by just looking at your chart you've had your second Saturn return which I would guess uh, is probably different from your first Saturn return <laughs> how yes, was that for it, you well it was very very uncomfortable um really difficult year last year and it was interesting because in my first Saturn return I hadn't become an astrologer yet but I was well versed in astrology enough to know that I was going through it and I can remember calling Abby Starr who's my friend who was an astrologer who told me about my Saturn. it's like is it over yet is it over yet <laughs> and I was so confused at 29 about what I was supposed to do. I wanted to be an actor from the time I was eight years old. And at 25, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I cannot do this. Um, but I felt like I knew there was something that I was supposed to do, but I didn't get to it till years later. So my first Saturn return was just brutal from a like an existential place mm -hmm. what was lovely about the second saturn return so aquarian also just have to have oh aquarian yeah, saturn, yeah you know yeah, thank like you. the can... big back to like because also i don't know if we've dropped the full leo sun here libra moon sad rising just the big that yeah that, big that's my personal triangle lots mm -hmm. of lots of fire and air this second saturn return I am so fully actualized and so embodied. Like I know who I am in every inch of me. There's nothing, there has been nothing unexplored. And that was true before moving into my second Saturn return. So <laughs> I would, I would have these days last year where I would feel like I was just in a steel and concrete like corset. And I would feel the squeeze and I would say out loud, I'm free. Mm. And I wasn't saying I'm free in a beseeching way. Like, I want to feel free. I felt free. Yet, I was feeling the squeeze of the Saturn return. So if, if we use my language of Saturn as the great teacher, what was happening in those moments was I was fully recognizing my freedom from all of the work done to clear out the detritus of the wound and the, and the ancestral stuff so that I recognized I was in a teacher moment of, I gotta be still, I can't move. I gotta, gotta, it's like a 750 questionnaire. I gotta answer every question with a little <laughs> pencil and fill in every fucking little, uh, because I'm in my Saturn return. But there was never a moment where I doubted the power of the last 30 years since my first Saturn return. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
um, selfish pivot only because I know you have our charts <laughs> and you mentioned it before we started recording. And I, you know, we like to indulge ourselves. I don't even know if I have a, a question, but you know, what came to me? I have something to about- say. Yes, oh, okay. say it. There it is. Tell us. First thing I noticed <laughs> is that all three of you have world axis points in your chart. And that's rare. Zero Aries, zero Cancer, zero Libra, and zero Capricorn have this exaltation of degree points because they represent the solstices and the equinoxes. And so they're called world axis points. And what I have found is that anybody with a world axis point is going to have some connection to the greater world at large. It doesn't guarantee that it's positive or fame or anything. It just means there's some, and my funniest example of this was back in the OJ trial days. (laughs) I sat with a woman who had like Jupiter at zero cancer. So expansion at a world axis point. And she, I don't know how I would have gotten her to prompt, you know, ask the right question, but she basically hadn't left her house because she couldn't stop mm-hmm. watching the freaking trial. Mm-hmm. So that's a world access point. She was obsessed with something that was happening in the outer world. Mm-hmm. She couldn't pull from it because it was Jupiter in cancer and there was a compelling story to watch. <laughs> but I noticed that you've got three women who are collaborating in something that is a public display of your ideas. Mm-hmm. And so that every one of you, so yeah, Lisa, your Uranus is at zero degrees of, of, of Capricorn. Steve, oh, oh, we I lost you. My, I lost my video. Um, well, that's such a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. You want I know. It's like, we, we, love, we don't we mind looking. They don't mind the thirst trap. We, we love the pick and the story and the story. Behind Stevie, <laughs> you've got zero Aries, zero Libra as your Imam Kali, um, median Kali, your foundational axis. That's huge. Um, and Julia, your nodes are at uh, the same axis. It certainly means that Julia and Stevie are like, you know, you do this in every life. Because one's nodes is connected to the other one's angles. Mm -hmm. Um, And all of you have this sort of consciousness of we can reach the world at large. So that you come together as a triumvirate and you all have a consciousness within your chart that says, yes, I can reach the world at large. I'm not saying no to that. You know, then the size of Mm -hmm. your ministry is not describable by your chart. Mm -hmm. You can have a chart that says I have a ministry and it's five people wide. And and, and that's something that I learned actually on, 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 on social media where I, I, I remember having a challenge with the idea of getting more public in social media and I was being told I had to from the people who were telling me how to mm-hmm. expand my business. I used to see this woman on Facebook. I'm not going to say her name, but she would do lives all the time. And maybe two people were watching. <laughs> and I thought, I can't, like, I can't have that happen. Like, I can't do a live and have two people watch my little ego, you know, honey. Mm-hmm. Leo, no, Leo, son, like Leo <laughs> Venus. We don't do two people. <laughs> <laughs> without challenge right and then one day i i clicked to watch to see what this woman was offering she's playing the guitar it's like oh she could not sing and but i had a profound beautiful moment with her about this whole thing of like wait a minute i saw oh quiet i could see how much joy she was having in her experience 
bona fide. Like there it was. You couldn't mm -hmm. mistake that. She was in joy. And there were two or three or four people who were her ministry, who were receiving her joy. Maybe there were 20 and they only showed up two at a time, right? But I got something in that moment. It's like her ministry's her ministry. My ministry's my ministry. And what, what also changed for me in that moment was, I don't give a shit how big my ministry is. I want it to be as big as it can get. That mm -hmm. I'm clear about. Mm -hmm. But I have no attachment to what the size of it is because I now fully understand that's preordained. Like wow. Who we serve and how many is just part of our karma and our soul's calling. And the chart's not going to tell you whether yours is big or small. Just do you have gifts or not? Mm -hmm. And are you demanded to share them in service to the world? Mm -hmm. And that was a big freeing moment for me. It allowed me to be more ambitious with expanding my business because I was no longer attached to the fears associated with what if it's not big enough for my ego and the ego problems of what if it's not big enough for my ego mm -hmm. and just <laughs> let that go. Yeah. End of the day, as long as there's enough cash coming in for what I offer the world so that I can eat well and have nice sheets to sleep on, that's the kind of, that's my measure of abundance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here's our promo code for the nice sheets. You guys have all been. Do we still? <laughs> do we? I don't know. I don't think I remember. I'm like, do we show up sheets? But no, I think I think that you. It just came to mind of that quality versus quantity. Even though there, yeah. of course, there's a quantity that we you hope it's not two. But I mean, shit. What if these are two like hella devoted followers who are That's like? That's right. That's yes, right. mommy, you are my queen. <laughs> like, well, you know, it. It's even in social media now. We see that having a, a fuck ton of followers doesn't mean you have a t fuck ton of people that actually come to your events or come to workshops mm -hmm. or come. That to That is right, and or because... even the difference between having like a ministry, like you said, versus mm -hmm. being beholden now to millions of people who are you know demanding that you do a thing <laughs> versus being enjoy doing something that you enjoy doing yeah, sharing something that you feel yeah. called to share as opposed to now yeah having another like thing that you are enslaved to <laughs> whoa true, true, true story i love that okay world access points i'm in we're open we're open to the open to the realm and globe i was very intrigued what i was saying before too is that like that forgiveness with venus i thought was just a really interesting mm. concept that we don't here all the time i think venus is always just related to the good and love. i want this and yeah, love I want and this, money I want and love. aesthetics yeah, versus fact, the value back to, that comes back to the value things somebody in the class said and, and i keep facebook groups for my classes so that people who are open to facebook will uh, uh join the community <laughs> yeah, well, i can't cannot stand the fact that my business is dependent upon facebook and instagram i'm doing my <laughs> utmost to change that um, she was like, well, well, wait a minute. I always thought that the moon was about our emotions. It's like, no, nope, no, nope. we got to distinguish. The moon is about your unconscious and our feelings respond so much to unconscious impulses that the moon might be mistaken for the emotional planet because we feel things as the moon moves, but our emotional body is driven by Venus. 
how we feel and how we process those emotions is pure Venus. When we feel emotions and how deeply we do is the moon. Mm -hmm. But it is the emotional body and Venus that are directly related. And you being able to grab on to something that hurt you and not let go is a Venus thing. And letting it open up and freely leave you through forgiveness is a Venus thing. And wow. this is also where psychology helps me parse out how I approach astrology by separating these two things and saying the unconscious moon is different than the emotional body, Venus. So mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about dreams, because I feel like this is an interesting I know I have had this feeling and I'm sure many, many people have where you have a dream about something and you wake up feeling like how the dream felt. And I yes. think it gets put in a lot of like stand-up comedians bits <laughs> where it's like, my girlfriend had a dream. I cheated on her. Cheated on her and now she's mad at me. At me. Yeah. Whatever. But it also happens. You don't have to I call think... me out like that, Lisa. Like, <laughs> like everyday life. <laughs> uh, I don't talk about that on stage, but I think like we, it happens a lot where we'll have like a bad dream and wake up gloomy or have a very peaceful dream and wake up in this kind yeah. of like groggy state so talk to me a little bit about dreams the unconscious the fit yeah the waking up the physical yeah. all those um, things first though are you a stand-up comedian yeah <laughs> yeah cancer rising what's that like that's stevie's the cancer that's rising oh, stevie's I'm the cancer rising. rising yeah julia and lisa are stand-ups i'm I'm, yeah. a sit, I'm a sit down comedian. but i'm a cancer no. moon Oh yeah, okay. Mars in Aquarius conjunct your midheaven. Yeah, up there, you're, causing you're up problems. There and doing your own unique little thing, <laughs> mm -hmm, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I love that we went from a talk about the emotional body, Venus, and the Moon as a separate thing, to lead into this question because dreams are a full function of dropping into the unconscious, and then we wake up, our conscious mind lights up, and we're back forced to live and dwell in our conscious awareness, though we can probably all agree the unconscious state is where all the juice is and where all the action is. But in our dream state, when the conscious mind is asleep, it's pure moon, it's pure unconscious, so that when we have an experience while we're in that realm and then come into wakefulness, it's our unconscious that says, I'm feeling this way because I just came out of an experience that for the unconscious is just as li alive and vibrant as our waking life experiences mm -hmm. to our conscious mind. So in some ways, as we wake up, what's happening in the underbelly of us is much richer, stronger, and bleeds into the experience that we have when we wake up. In astrological terms, as we're sleeping and dreaming, we're in the moon consciousness, but as we wake and our emotional body lights up, Venus says, hey moon, what you feeling? Well, we just went to the candy store in the dream. It's like, okay, I'll feel good. Like. Hey, Moon, what you feeling? Oh, my God, it was a nightmare. We were being chased. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're tired and, and anxious. Thank you. <laughs> wow, I had that last night. <laughs> ah! I am tired and anxious. Thank you for putting it in yes. such simple terms for me. Do you... um? Do you ever work or do you work with lucid dreaming? Do you ever work towards astral projection, you know, projection, those kind it's of things? Funny. I just finishing up a book that's coming out next year called Psychic Dreamer, exploring the relationship between intuitions and dreams. And it's all about mystical dream experiences, um, which I had to mostly research. 
meaning I had to get people to tell me their experiences because I don't, <laughs> I don't organically have a lot of lucid dreams. So I've never been driven or drawn to nurture or make them occur. And I, for decades, I've watched the world be like, we want to learn lucid dreaming. And you see books and, 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 and workshops about it all, all over the place. And I, don't know why I personally have never been drawn to follow it myself for my own edification. Um, but I love exploring what other people's experiences of it and then textualizing, explaining it, talking about the brain and DMT and, 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 and all of the physiological things that happen that increase our mystical experiences. Um, I have had two lucid dream experiences in my life that were 12 out of 10 in terms of numinous life experiences. You know, we all have a handful of it's like, oh my God, these things happened in life and it blew my mind. One of them was the lucid dream in which I was as awake as I am now. Hmm. Not like dreaming, oh, I'm dreaming. Like, oh, okay, I'm up, I'm awake. I'm sitting in my living room. But I know it's nighttime. I know that I'm sleeping and I'm in the other room and I'm telling you exactly like this moment. Wow. And then I had another one a few years later where now this was not quite as vibrant as the other one where I was 100% in my waking sensation. This one had a, like a sepia tone. Everything was a little bit brown, but still awake, alive and alert. And I came up to a picnic table and there were five other men sitting around at the picnic table. And I just came up to them and I said, you guys know we're all dreaming, right? That we're, ah. we're, we're dreaming. And they were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in, sit down. And that was it. The dream was over. I got to tell you, those two experiences rocked wow. my world and blew my mind. And still, I don't have any desire to chase it or to nurture it or to have it again. It was enough to have a couple of experiences. And I'm not a natural organic lucid dreamer that I've met. Like I've met countless dozens of people who just for, by virtue of being alive cannot help but having a plethora of, of lucid dreams. I think it's awful fun, <laughs> but I, I just personally haven't been drawn to to, to, to have more of them or even astral projecting. I've, I've had so many phenomena with my body um, um, and just have never been like, oh, well, let's make more of this happen. But if someone comes to me and they're like, I want to have more of this happen, I'm like, okay, here's what you could do. Here's what you do. Here's what you could do. And I sort of get excited. Are you a natural lucid dreamer, Lisa? I have a few times. I, I, it would happen more when I was, I have dreams. I talk about this. I feel like all the time on the podcast, but okay. I have dreams and nightmares all the time. Um, and so in high school, when I first, oh honey, you're like you're barely even <laughs> on the planet. I know. <laughs> on Jupiter in the twelfth house. Of course, you have dreams constantly. You're probably I, dreaming um... right now. You're probably it's hard like, to sleeping, be having a dream. You're doing the podcast with. I, you have, know. I have a very. I hope I push life. record in Lisa's dream. Yes, <laughs> we'll find out. Did she accept the Zoom? Yes. Is the <laughs> <in> the... <laughs> I had a teacher in high school that. That was the first person who introduced the concept to our class. Oh, wow. And so I started That's trying cool. to do it, but I was a teenager and like, obviously not doing it in a safe or like well-researched way. 
Um, and I've just started again using tools at night that like certain essential oil things like mm -hmm. putting the scent at, at nighttime or crystals or things that and I've found that it makes my sleep a little bit more peaceful because nice. I struggle with nightmares. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am leaning towards it again. I don't know if it's something I'm really ready to like dive headfirst into. I know that I can. I know that there are certain strategies that I can take. Um, It does feel a little bit like I don't get rest when I do it. So there's well, a you know, there's act. a tremendous amount of process that's happening in REM sleep that is about freeing the brain of metabolic waste that shows up as restfulness or tiredness in the morning. If there hasn't been enough of a, what's really what's happening is that the, 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 the cells shrink a little bit, the, the fluid, the cerebral spinal fluid fills in the spaces when the cells squeeze back into the regular shape again, they excise the metabolic waste into the spaces in between it goes out to the blood brain barrier and and if that if you are not going into the deep sleep after rem and really allowing that to happen fully you wake up tired and um you i mean talk about a setup for spectacular dream based spiritual expansion i you ain't done with what your dream life can show you and, and I'm speaking specifically of your Neptune um, and your Jupiter in a trine. So that Jupiter is in your 12th house of the unconscious. So you really do have a kind of almost literal, I'm more expansive in my sleeping yeah. <laughs> than anywhere, <laughs> but that it harmonizes with your dream planet of Neptune. And because your Neptune, Saturn, and Uranus in that Capricorn conjunction are in the eighth house in your chart, it means you're going to keep shedding skins throughout the rest of your life with regard to how you relate to your spiritual sensibilities, how you process your Saturn um, lessons, and how you wake up to higher levels from your you know, Uranus experiences. That tells me that there'll be many, many versions of you as you age throughout your life. And every time you upgrade one sense of your spiritual toolkit, it will impact your dreams. Um, so, yeah. like, you I, know, but honor I that thing about the, you know, tiredness, honey, because. Yeah, I do. I Ven Venus and Gemini rules my chart. So I do experiment. I like do a lot of these kind of spiritual experiments right now. I'm really into yoga nidra meditation sometimes i just get super into incense it it like it ebbs and flows <laughs> listen what? i mean i made a i made a lifestyle out of making sure that i had enough tools in my box to meet my need for stimulation mm -hmm. and and sagittarius rising it's like you know one one way does not work for me yeah many ways work for me because i i need i need choice mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like I don't, I, dreams, I always go like, I don't dream. And I think, I think that that's like a Capricorn moon thing, but I also have Neptune on the IC. And so I do, I do dream, but I also feel like all my dreams are, I don't know if this is technically lucid dreaming, but I feel like I always know that I'm dreaming no matter what. No matter what. Okay. Yeah. That I've never had a dream where I was like, that was so like, I what I wasn't like, Hey girl, this is a dream. Yeah. So like, let it ha let it happen. What, whatever's going on. Like, know that this isn't real. You can wake up at any time, but 
but let it that let the movie play. Very Neptune and Capricorn. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're in a spiritual place, but we can climb right out of it, and and um, you know, the structure will. You know, listen, I think that um, that having only your south node of the moon in your twelfth house does make your unconscious sensibility something that's natural and organic for you south node is you know mm -hmm. we're familiar with things that we come in and it also just means that the minute you're sort of looking at your north node uh uh uh, uh that what's in the south is less relevant right so yeah if i look at your chart i look at that north node in aries in the sixth house and i'm just interested in you making sure that you're in a some kind of a practice every freaking day to make sure that your waking life has mm -hmm. you connected to spirit and being of service to others. And I yeah. would say, I oh, don't worry about your dreams, honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Firing up your practice. <laughs> this, about this is a random mention and I know we'll, we'll wrap up shortly, but I had this, this happened for the first time. I've dreamed quite frequently. Usually I'm like, chewing out my enemies like the things i wanted to say but then you know <laughs> i take the higher road in this new therapized version of myself but this happened for the first time this week i've had like very limited dreams this week but i like woke up i looked across the room and i saw an object that was just in my dream but in Ooh. the room and it was like basically like the blair witch wooden stick thing but more like a ball it looked like an ornament an a yield witch might have made that would hang in her home and all the dream was was waking up seeing it in my room and going that was just in my dream and then like blinking and it was gone and i was like that's never happened to me ever before so that was a fun new dream phenomenon that i don't know if anyone's well, ever had anything like that before but... and when i hear that story and i then look at your chart I noticed this powerful connection between Mars in Cancer in your 12th house, trining your North Node in Pisces in the ninth. Mm -hmm. So what you just had was an experience of bringing something out of the etheric world and into the physical world. Mars in Cancer 12th house, trining Pisces North Node. I think I'm going to go down and say you're entering a new level of being able to sort of make manifest in the three-dimensional world things that are part of your multi-dimensional world based on this trine in your chart. I mean, I'm not talking about wacky things. You know, you're not... <laughs> <laughs> I won't be making witch balls. Not witch exactly. I mean, I'm not, you know, I mean, I, my, my, I'm so dramatic and authoritative in my language. I'm, I'm saying yeah, yeah. when I look at you know, when I talk to Julia and she says what she says about her dream state, like her chart reflects that. Mm -hmm. um, and your chart reflects something interesting about just you telling me a story that you had a physical manifestation or airs at physical manifestation right. dream thing. Then I look at this trine in your, your chart and absolutely would look at the chart and say, not only are you a deep and powerful and important dreamer, Things that happen in your dreaming and or any unconscious experiences naturally push you forward in the direction of your dharma, which for you is very specifically about a kind of high-minded spiritual trek. Ninth mm -hmm. house, Pisces. You are here to learn and learn and learn and learn and learn, ninth house, about what spirit is like made manifest on the earth, Pisces. 
Yeah, with Saturn there right now too, that feels very literal. Yeah, <laughs> like our literally actually, I physical. Would say, literal. You are Saturn is demanding. He's saying, "Are you ready now? Are you ready now? We got to step up. We got to step up." Mm -hmm. It's funny because I feel like that's come up with friends a lot this week about tapping into psychic energy and Kundalini awakenings has been like hot on the tip of the tongues of like mm -hmm. it is like. I don't know me even mean this, but it's, I have to say it. It's like, it's scary to go there. It's like, oh my God. Cause I think it's maybe it's old Catholic school stuff is like, can I turn this off? Like, First are you able all, to then put you, the boundary and get out? You know, if you have old Catholic school sort of exposure, do not underestimate that your mind can be as open as it is. And your body mm -hmm. has messages that say that's bad. That's dangerous. Don't go there. Yeah. And you will have longer uh, uh, to unwrap those than someone who did not have a Catholic, you know, uh, um... torture and torment. Ah. <laughs> we'll call it an indoctrination. Stuff. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, any, if we have time, we'll be able to play a quick game that we always end with. Oh, yes. Yeah, let's do it. Are you familiar with Mary Fuck Kill as a game? Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, I've never Let's... been I've never been asked to play this game. <laughs> okay. Ever? And as we Oh. oh well, okay. here we go. We're about to do two quick rounds. Um what we do is we have celebrities who share your big three. So these will we'll do one with Leo Sun Libra Moon celebs and then a Leo Sun Sag rising group. So Let's start with, and again, this is, I have to say this for the woo people. We're not actually killing anyone. We're not actually fucking, this is a game. It's a game. <laughs> it's a game. It's a game. This is yes. for fun. Um. Anyways, Leo Sun, Libra Moons. We have, that's always an interesting group. We got Edward Norton, Joe Rogan, and Meghan Markle. Libra Moon is Joe Rogan? Wow. I oh, get it. Sorry. That makes so sense. Ed I mean, Norton. that makes sense. Joe Rogan, Rogan, Joe Rogan, and, and Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. What a crew! I'm gonna wow. marry Meghan Markle. I'm gonna fuck Ed Norton. And I guess <laughs> I'm just gonna kill Joe Rogan. I think mm -hmm. that's my answer too. I think that's. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that's a great answer. Listen, does it count that I want to fuck Ed Norton because he's just so fuckable? He's of hard. Yes, he's that's fuckable. Why, than Joe what, Rogan. Listen, why else would Joe you Rogan, fuck? The <laughs> <laughs> choosing because like I'm not gonna fuck Meghan Markle because I haven't fucked a woman since I was 21. Like I it's hey, just, sure like, like yeah. we did that. Um I'd fuck Joe Grogan. Like if to get on the pod or <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I would no, probably he would do have it. to be like Michael, I'm begging you to fuck me. Um and I would fuck him because he's you know, he's not yeah. unsexy, but um but I'm not always crazy But he's not at Norton. He's not Ed Norton. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, no, no need and, to explain wanting to fuck Ed Norton on this podcast. Let me tell you that. <laughs> and I should say, <laughs> I am getting conflicting now that you've raised my Libra Moon Queen has raised the report of, uh, or excuse me, my Libra Rising Queen has raised the report. He might be a Scorpio Moon. It's a okay. date. It's we don't have the okay. exact time, so okay. it could change. Oh, but let's hey, play. Okay. We'll still play I, as Libra Moon. I think I do. Once you said that, though, I would I would make a case for Libra Moon. Scorpio Moon made sense. The like. Yeah, know. but I th I think obvious sort of way. I think uh, Libra. Okay. Certainly for this game. I think I think sometimes there's a right answer and I do think that you have chosen the right yeah. answer. The right answer. Right. Yeah. Yes. Which is, you know, Mary Megan, fuck mm -hmm. Ed, kill Joe. Kill Joe. Um, you know, That's there good. is a part of me that is considering marrying Joe for the money. 
Um, okay. but yeah, because I don't know if the Markles actually after that docu, I'm like, do they have any cash? I don't know. Like they. No, I but, would not. I would not want to marry her for the cash. I would marry her for, for the Montecito the... experience. <laughs> Hundred. I like what the two of them are doing with their mm -hmm. their relationship and their place, right? So I see yeah. her as somebody who partners in a conscious way. That's why I would marry her. Yeah, okay. I think it would be hard to be around Joe Rogan all the yeah. time. So yeah, I think Megan's yeah. definitely someone who feels a little bit more amicable and there maybe a little more fun to, I'm sure Joe Rogan's fun, but yeah. I think she's yeah. cancer rising too with the cancer Mars, just, um, just for, for more fun facts for that. Yeah. She's like wife. She's wifey. She's yeah. wifey. And yeah. she's also thoughtful. huge fan mm -hmm. of suits. Loved suits. <laughs> suits, was great. suits was great. I, mean, I think Love. you did yeah. land on the right answer. That doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes it's like you no, you answered all it right, correctly. I'm glad That's... We, all right. And, and then we're gonna quick... do some more, right? Yes. yes we have yes. one more round. All right, yay. Um, is Leo Sun Sagittarius rising? Again, it's harder to find celebs with their risings, yep. but alas, we will. Let's do all all men edition because you know well, we well, all well, fuck well, men well, here. So we all fuck men here. <laughs> let's go Sean Penn. Robert Plant and Bo Burnham. So these are Leo's sons, Sagittarius Rising. Wow. Uh, kind of a, like a fuckboy mix. Like a soft a fuckboy bit, Although mix. I think maybe Robert Plant to marry. Yeah. For the... He's on tour a lot. Mm -hmm. but that was yeah, well, like I was thinking lot. for the music. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, I'll be Mrs. Plant. That Who sounds was nice. The first one, I think he's the fuck. Sean Penn. Oh Sean yeah. Penn. Also problematic can be a problematic king, but right. So, but he certainly looks a little bit like Sex on a Stick. Sex on a Stick. I mean, I think he'd be yeah. Uh, Sean Penn's a hot, hot fuck. He's a hot fuck. Mm -hmm. Like he's. And a, also, we can time travel. Just dirty. a heads up. So if you're like, ooh, Spicoli, Sean Penn, like that's my guy for me. I would say that'd be my. We can time era. travel. Oh. Yeah, we can try hey, There's no the rules are the only rules are fuck, marry, and kill. Yeah, all right, okay, okay, good. Okay, so we'll 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 fuck Sean Penn, uh, uh, marry Robert Plant, and I don't really know who Bo Burnham is. I I've heard the name, honey. I'm okay. 59 years that's old. Okay. That's okay. Hey, that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair. That's also into your consideration. You well, know? so he's dead hey. now, so we don't care. I yeah, care. he's gone. Okay. So gone too soon. I don't actually gone too soon. I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> More like go Burnham. You know I mean? <laughs> but wait a minute. Have I made a mistake? Because I don't know. He's hot. He so he's yeah. It might be worth a he's, quick Google image, but he is hot. But like this is a bunch of strong contenders right now for this. He's round. a comedian, a multi-hyphenate performer, Singer, director, YouTuber. Yeah. Creator. He directed um, eighth grade, which got a lot of good, got a lot of good buzz. He's like a, a hot art boy, comedian. He's tall. I know that. Yeah. Wow. If that, okay. If that, if that moves the needle for me. I think. Oh, I him. He's sort of a young guy. Yeah. He's sort of a young guy. Yeah. Um, but like a smart comic. Yeah. yeah. Sensitive. He's a bit of like a wonderkind, uh, you know, thing. Mm -hmm. Had a pretty meteoric rise early on. And now has Very been doing a little bit more stuff. Articulate. But He's yeah. I know this guy. Don't say thank you. I'm yeah. glad I looked him <laughs> up. Um, you know what? I think I'm still going to kill him. That's fair. Okay. Because he's a little neurotic. And, oh, yes. Um, you know, so since I'm not going to fuck him, I don't want to marry him. Mm -hmm. like, I'm pretty committed to fucking Sean Penn. Yeah. 
Right. If I'm That's committed to fucking Sean Penn, then I got to kill Bo because I'd rather marry the musician than the comedian. That's fair. Yeah. Although I don't know, being made to laugh. I'm, oh. I'm on the yeah, I mean, well, he, I mean yeah. Robert might have a sense of humor. We yeah, know. yeah don't I don't know. Really I think know. I think you might be laughing more Robert Plant than, than Bo Burnham. I don't know. I don't know. This <sighs> to me, I think personally, I have to kill Robert Plant. I used to date a guy that was in a Led Zeppelin cover band, and it's <laughs> too triggering for me. Mm-hmm. So that has to go. Unfortunately, do you know what it was called? Uh, I do, and I won't say it on here. Okay, um, they don't get free. They don't get free press in this house. <laughs> um, also, I think at a different time that would have been a different answer, but for now, it's yeah. not working. Um, I think I'll marry Bo, and I think I will fuck Sean Penn. He used to be my husband's boss, so <laughs> well, well, okay. a lot of fucking, a lot of fucking <laughs> Sean Penn. Listen, you know, there's also just like the age thing. Mm-hmm. Robert oh, Plant yeah. is, you know, old. Well, let's just kill him. And, and, and <laughs> he's and, had a so life. He's had yeah. a life. And then I'll marry uh, uh, the comedian and like we'll send him into therapy. <laughs> okay. I think I'll, I think I will fuck. No, uh, it all changed in one second. I'm going to marry Robert Plant, <laughs> but like time traveling 70s, like right. 70s crotch, Robert Plant. Sexy like Robert really Plant. good. Um, and hey, he might die off soon, and then I get the whole house to myself. I'll have like the residuals coming, in, you know, all in my name. I'll right. take it. Okay. Um, Pluto's now moving, moving through my eighth house. This will be great. And I'm gonna kill Sean Penn. Someone has to do it, sure. and then I think okay. I'll fuck Bo Burnham because I think you, he's. Can you hot. kill him after I fuck him? Yeah, yeah. That'll like, be yeah. the ritual. That yeah. will be the ritual that is. Oh, I love it. Oh, like that's then come with me. That's right, baby. First me, then her. The, the, the petite mort into the true. That's right, true mort. <laughs> the true mort. <laughs> mort. <laughs> um. Wow. Okay. I'm having a really hard time with this one. I don't know why. I can't decide if I want to marry Robert Plant or Bo Burnham. Um. Because I don't really want to fuck Bo Burnham. I do want to fuck Robert Plant. I do want to fuck Sean Penn. Who's marriage material. I know, but that's what I mean, where I'm like, I'm definitely not marrying Sean Penn. um, Obviously. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm like, who is he married to? I don't think anybody currently. Last last known was Robin. Robin Wright, I believe, was last. last, Oh, he had a he had a pandemic marriage and divorce. 2020 married. 2020. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Anyway, I'm. I think <laughs> I am gonna marry Robert Plant. Okay. Kill okay. Bo. Fuck Sean. Kill Bo. Fuck Sean. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 All right. Almost yeah. the universal answer. Um. Oh. <laughs> I, um. You know, that was sorry. Nothing. Nothing personal. But no, these were great. Gotta yeah, go. It was fun. It was a fun Sometimes exercise. Sometimes we don't get good options in this game, and these were all really good options. Yeah, for these both are pretty rounds, good so... options. I'm, I'm happy. Perfect. Well, what a what a time to this be alive. Fun. Thank Thanks you for so, coming on. So so much. Um, we mentioned your podcast, uh, Conscious Embodiment. Yeah, Conscious comes Embodiment. Out weekly astrology with uh, astrology and dreams with Dr. Michael Lennox. Yeah, weekly Sunday nights at midnight. 
obviously we'll put links to everything. if you are not following red robe astrology <laughs> on the daily do that smash that follow instagram tiktok um you also mentioned that there's some teaching upcoming yeah as well. i've got my next class is coming in may may 6th uh, the second weekend in may i think well yeah may 6th <laughs> for <Yeah>. four weeks <laughs> i do these self-investigation classes i do deep work doing shadow work for people there are four-week classes lots of homework two-hour live classes that people sometimes use uh, the the recording to work with um my classes are no joke these are not light-hearted classes these are like get ready to you know rock and roll with your shadow but what i've what i created uh, uh was a series of classes i call going deeper where we use myths and fairy tales to contextualize a dive into self-exploration. So this class is Selkie. That's the Scottish myth of the seal woman who gives up her pelt to have human love. So it's a wonderful story to look at imposter syndrome, authenticity, mm. how we give ourselves away in relationship to keep love, but we destroy ourselves. So all those kinds of issues can be explored with Selkie. And then Sleeping Beauty is all about letting us look at the impact of ideas about romantic love that we're fed as children that then freaking screw us up in our adult life. The idea of being asleep as opposed to being awake is a great theme there, just about mm -hmm. you know exploring ways in which we seek to wake ourselves up. And so there's so much richness when we use myths and fairy tales because we've been doing that for thousands of years. That's why we have myths and fairy tales to contextualize our inner process. So um, that class is starting the second week in May. Um, so I'd love uh, some of your folks to join me if you want to dive using, you know, beautiful images to work with your unconscious. Wonderful. And where can people sign up for your class? MichaelLennox.com is my website. There's all of the stuff that I offer, including my daily Astro Alert subscription, where I talk about the daily astrology, um, all of my classes. I will be teaching so much about astrology probably in the summer. I have a whole bunch of classes that are already in the can uh, of some of my advanced astrology, but I'm I'm going to be teaching my astrology 101 class uh, anew. I did one five years ago, but I'm 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 retiring that, and I'm for technical reasons. At any rate, probably <laughs> July or August, a lot of astrology teaching will launch. But the process classes I do about once every five weeks, a new class. Amazing, nice, yeah. Not an ad, you know. I'm not a sponsored host. Took a took a class with with Michael oh, and it was right. and it was great like I I needed it then so you have so many different options that might resonate with our yeah. listeners of where they're at so you know I know we're a very a woo bunch here and a lot yeah. of we have a lot of therapists who listen to and I think they're always um digging in for digging in for and the doing more. the work yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yeah absolutely thank you so 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 much You're for so joining welcome. us this was thank such you. a pleasure so grateful. I had a blast so and thank thank you guys so much for listening we'll see you next week Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to What's Your Sign. Please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love this podcast, please support us. Check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash what's your sign podcast. The link to support us is in the show notes. Follow us on Instagram at what's your sign podcast, on Twitter at what's yr sign underscore pod, and TikTok at What's Your Sign Podcast. For business opportunities, advertising, or commission readings, email us 
What's Your Sign Podcast at gmail.com. WIS is produced by Julia Logan, Stevie Anderson, and Lisa Chenu. Artwork by Alexa Vicious and theme song by Honor Nezzo.